Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> Wine. I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. And I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plopsky, and be like the blue blurred, because you're the top. The cruise song says there's no cure like travel, so bon voyage. Our friendship is the lovely, so if anything goes, blow Gabriel, blow that bubblegum all through the night because there'll always be a lady fair. Goodbye, little dream, goodbye. Joining us today are the usual beware buddies who I get a kick out of, including Kevin, public enemy number one, Jager. Yes, I knew you would know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Kimberly, our easy-to-love game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with us is somebody who you may have seen perform all over the country, like in the first national tour of If Then, or on Broadway in shows like Grease, Drood, and Anything Goes. Let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to friend of the show. Friend, friend of the show! Janine DeVita! Hello! Cheers! Y'all ready for this? Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Of course, of course. Um, Well, uh, thanks again, but we always start with, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? This is White Claw Mango. My favorite runner-up is Watermelon. So you like like the second variety pack better than the first variety pack? Yes, because I'm not a fan of anything lime flavored, mm. unless it's a margarita. Sure, yeah. sure. And then, and then, um, yeah, and then I don't like anything cherry flavored. So definitely oh. a fan. Yeah, because pack one is black cherry, lime, um, and those, and raspberry, uh, yeah. grapefruit. Ryan, look at this quarantine skill. You I know, have. I know. That's my new quarantine skill. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what, my new. Yeah. White claw one, white claw two. Totally, totally. <laughs> Um, yeah, awesome. the grapefruit was the only one that I that I like out of that one. Sure. So definitely. I'm definitely more of a, I guess, uh, the this the the sequel. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, so good. Follow uh, up. Yeah, Kevin. Follow Kevin, up. what are you drinking? So I oh, do have a key lime lacroix with me, but I'm celebrating the end of my eight week challenge with Built for the Stage. Congrats! I'm having prosecco. Woo! Nice. Yeah, so I did eight weeks, like, strict diet, no alcohol, like, working out six times a week. Wow. Kevin? Do you feel, do you feel awesome? Yeah, it's incredible. With, been, yeah. You're, with that, like, bottle of sugar, you're about the to bottle. change everything. Like, like, not oh, just so the glass, you're like, and the bottle. <laughs> well, I bought it, and I actually, so right before this recording, uh, my mom called me, and I was chatting with her real quick. And I told her I got this bottle to celebrate the end of my eight-week thing. And she was like, and I was like, well, I, the only problem with Prosecco is once you open it, you basically just have to drink it. And she was like, no, you can put it in the fridge with a bouchon. And I was like. Is that the way you put the spoon in? No, it's apparently it's like a French thing that like you put on the top of a bubbly bottle and it like holds in the carbonation. at restaurants. I didn't know it was called a bouchon, so I learned something today. I just need a spoon in. What? Did he expect you to have one on hand? My dad gave all of us one for Christmas one year. My dad is like a wine spectator reading, like super obsessed wine guy, so he gave us all bouchons, but like, I don't have that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I didn't even know what this was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you gave me a wine hat. What is this? (laughs) Uh, I like the ones. I like the ones where you can suck the air out of. I don't know if that's yeah. what you use. I don't know if you use that for champagne or not. But we, my husband and I, use it for wine. Yeah, we had that in the restaurant I used to work in. Um, we had that uh, behind the bar that would allow for those bottles. Like the bottles you opened for pouring glasses would last so much longer. They last forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those are great. Kimberly, what are you drinking? Um, I'm back to my Empress Purple Gin. Ooh, it's so cool. What's it not? Is it just gin? 
It's just a gin and tonic with some lime. But my favorite thing, which I was too thirsty to wait to do on camera again, <laughs> um, when you squeeze the citrus into the gin, it goes from blue to purple. I did not know that. It's my favorite thing. Good to know for future drinks. That's great. Yeah, and it just looks a lot prettier than a gin and tonic. Yeah, I, lo- I, I love a gin too, so. It's really good. Um, I am drinking Milagro tequila uh, with a little bit of uh, lime soda, um, but I have it in my If Then cup. Yay! Oh, yay! I love If Then. Um, well, yeah, let's let, let's just get, let's dive right in. Let's talk about If Then. Let's go. Why not? Um, I guess, um, what was it like? So you, so you did um, the, you were... Uh, in the first national tour of it then, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, so what was it like to not only travel the country with that show specifically, uh, but um, did you travel, um, you traveled with Adina at the very beginning? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Um, well, two, two things. I, you covered that part as well, right? I did. I was, it was an interesting track for me because I was playing Anne, which is a principal role. And then mm-hmm. I was also covering Adina. So that's it was a kind of a crazy thing um but it was it was a lot of responsibility but fun yeah sure so what was it i guess what was i guess talk to us a little bit about like the excitement of being in that first national tour and kind of like being able to be that first group of people to share it with the rest of the country who didn't get to go to new york and yeah and kind of uh, on top of that kind of being able to share it with some of the original cast as opposed to a lot of tours that kind of start from scratch going out yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I mean, I, I when, we, when I first walked in and 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 Adina and Anthony Rapp and Lashans were there, I was like, "What?" Like, cause <laughs> I, I just I, I'm such a fan of theirs. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And now they're my colleagues, and I like have scenes with them, and you know all of that stuff. So that was kind of surreal, just because it was just a very like full circle kind of moment for me because I, I just really have admired their work so much and they and like rent was is so formative and once on this island is so formative for my um my career and and my musical theater knowledge and just all of that so that right off the bat was like a pinch me moment to be honest like it was one of those really cool cheesy moments where I was like I can't believe I'm here like that was cool um and what it was cool because like the show itself is so special. I, I really think the show is really special. I know it got mixed reviews, but I just feel like yeah, some if some then you know it's a little bit broken down. That joke didn't work. I'm so sorry. Did my internet give out? Am I the only person on here? <laughs> I'm back. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry well, about that. You. I was trying to guess what pun you were trying to make. Oh, my joke was going to be the critics were split, so some were if, some were then, but it didn't. Yes. The the internet in my apartment literally didn't want anybody to hear that joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're not saying this pun. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was like, it was just a really cool show to get to do because um, I, I just love the message of it and I love Tom Kitt's music and Brian Yorkie. Like, I just, I love... Um, how current and grounded and spirited their, their material is. And, um, so it was really awesome to, to get to work with like the whole team and, you know, yeah, there was a group of people who had already done it in New York. And so they came in, um, you know, they'd done it for however long it ran, I think almost a year. So, you know, and all the, and, and, you know, the, the, out of town leading up to it and all of that. So like, it was very much in their bones, whereas I came in and it was all new to me. Um, so I was coming from a totally different place, learning the material. And so it it was kind of an added pressure, I think, to just feel like you had to catch up a little bit to match the experience that they already had with the show and so it, I put a lot of pressure on myself because it, it and I think it was unnecessary just because I was just, you know, everyone had, does things in their own time, but because they were so comfortable with the material already, I was like, okay, you know, you just wanted to get there and have it in your bones already, but you know, it takes time. And so, you know, anybody will say any, when you're doing a show, it takes 
a good amount of time to feel like you're doing it and it's in your bones and you're doing it eight times a week and, and all of that. Um, but it was cool to like discover it. And I think that having new people in it, like I know that like LaShawn's who I played opposite of, like we found our own thing and LaShawn's is so wonderful to, to work opposite of. I mean, she's just like the most open hearted person. And so like we found our own chemistry, we found our own thing, um, you know, and it, it, it almost felt in a way playing Anne that I was like a replacement because the, like the, the core people I was playing opposite of were already gelled. So it was like, I was like the newbie of the principles. Mm, and so it felt almost like a replacement situation, which luckily I have a lot of experience doing. So, so like, it wasn't like I've never been a replacement before, but it was that same kind of, uh, feeling of like having to fit into something that they already kind of knew, but we were figuring it out together of like what this new entity was going to be, which was going to be the tour. So, um, it was a definitely like a very special experience for me, really. Like my whole life changed on that tour. Like I can't, and I'm not exaggerating. Like I got engaged on that tour. I started a business on that tour. I wrote my screenplay on that tour. Like so many things happened on that tour just because I was just feeling so creatively fulfilled and inspired every single night doing that show and working with such um, legends every night. Like it was, it was awesome. Like really awesome. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, let's stick to like regional for a little bit. I guess you sure. played some spectacular roles across the country um, um, at some really amazing theaters. And we always think like. I will say, I saw Oliver at the Walnut Street Theater. No way. Yes. And I have always remembered your name. And like, if it pops up, I'm just like, Nancy. Oh, <laughs> I loved playing that role. I loved that. I loved doing that show. It was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Are you from Philly? I'm from the suburbs in Jersey. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, my mom always had a subscription to the Walnut and then every tour that comes through. So she probably oh. saw them as well. Yeah, I was there with If Then. Yeah. I, was I there with the other ones? I think I was just there with If Then. I don't think I was there with Young Frankenstein. I don't think so. But no. yeah, I was there, definitely there with If Then. Yeah. Sorry, Brian, I had to interject. No, I, I mean, <laughs> that's one of the theaters we're talking about in terms of like, you know, we all think that like Broadway's the pinnacle, but obviously there are some truly incredible theaters producing such or, or oh, absolutely. producing and, and taking in incredible stuff. Um, talk a little bit about um, your process in general in yeah. terms of taking on these iconic roles uh, within these shows. Um, how do you build a character from the ground up? How much do you take from source material versus previous productions versus just kind of starting scratch um, by just building up through yourself? Wow, that's a really good question. I think each process for me is a little bit different. Um, I kind of, I do, I am definitely big on the research. So I'm definitely big on the source material. I'm definitely big on going back to the foundation of what it's based on. So like in terms of Nancy for Oliver, for example, like that was actually reading Oliver and the way that the character was portrayed in the book. And so, you know, she was very young then and vulnerable. Like, I think, like, people don't realize Nancy was really young when she, when all of this was happening to her. And so um, I read back and I read the the book, you know, same thing with, uh, with really all the roles that I play. I go back to, like, the source material and I try to, like, I'm a big, like, psychology person of, like, why people do the things that they do and, like, what makes them who they are. Um, so there's that aspect of it of like the, you know, the psychology thing, but then it's also tone of like, what is this show? You know, what is, where does this show live? What world is this show? You know, what, what tone is this? Because spam a lot is very different than ordinary days, you know, <laughs> like, like the tone, like the tone of the show is so different. And so, um, you know, being kind of a chameleon of like where you fit in the world, I think is, is important of just like that awareness of like what role you play in the story of it. Um, so there's that. And, uh, 
yeah. So it's like, a, it's a combination for me of like the, the psychology and then also knowing like what purpose does this piece serve and how do I serve this piece as this actress playing this role? Like what is, what is my purpose in this? Cool. Do you have any favorite uh, regional theaters that you performed at in terms of just space or um, crowd? Um, who has the dog? I do. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with dogs. So, <laughs> um, I have a dog too. Um, so my, I don't, um, you know, what was interesting, I loved Portland center stage. Mm. That was a, that was a space, um, where I perform, I did great gardens and uh, I, I that show. Oh my, that show is so special. That's another one. It was like the research of it and like the psychology. And she has this histrionic personality where she just, she thinks she's more famous than she is. And so like, it was just, you know, it was just this cool psychology and like she would you know I, I don't know I would come up with these physical you you get to know the character also like through things that they do and like her insecurities of like playing with her hair and I don't know stuff I got in trouble with the wig department a lot with that one but but <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like please stop playing with your hair and I'm like I know I can't help it she just does that um <laughs> so uh but I really loved Portland Center State I thought the space was really special and they do a lot of experimental like new works they try I think they're really moving in that direction and when I worked there, they were doing that. Um, and I loved the arena stage. It wasn't actually the new arena stage. We were performing at the Lincoln Theater, actually, um, which is the theater that Duke Ellington actually used to perform at. Um, and we were doing sophisticated ladies. So that was cool. a really cool experience that, that they chose that theater while they were doing construction to do it there. Cool. Um, yeah, it was... And, oh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Theater Raleigh. The mm. way that they have transformed this little theater. I just did Birders in Madison County there. And the way that they have transformed, they can transform this space into anything. It can be proscenium or it can be thrust. And the way that we did ours, it was a thrust stage. And, but it's so intimate. It feels almost in a way like 54 below. Like, it, like they're oh, wow. literally right there with you. And but they're able to use the the headspace like this the how, how tall, this tall the ceilings are super super tall so like they're able to do stories of the of of love levels there so like the bedroom was up here and like it the way that they transformed that space was just so creative and artful and 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 I, I don't know it just inspired that um, I was very moved by that because everyone was, you had to, like, like the scenic designer just had to, and, and creative team just had to be so creative to, to make it work, to tell that story. So I, I thought that was really cool. Like really awesome. like what theater is. And I just like loved it. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we, should we play a game? Yeah. yeah. Let's play a sure. game. Um, semi based on our text conversations of the day. Okay. <laughs> Have a game of plot points in which I'll give you the title of a musical and the name of a song. And you'll have to, to the tune of the song, do the plot of the musical, and then we'll all guess both. Brian or Kevin will go first, and it is better explained. Okay, fact. okay. Um, but I will warn you all that we are using the only four musicals eligible for a 2020 Tony. <laughs> <laughs> As well as um, on this day, the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage, um, what Google thinks are the four best female songs of all time. Are they okay. theater songs? No. Okay. But I'm pretty sure everyone knows them. Okay. Okay. So I'll private message you what you get, and we'll play my favorite game of Say When. <laughs> Brian, do you want to go first? Sure. Say When. When? Oh, okay. And again. When? <laughs> so I'm taking so I'm taking the famous female song with the plot of the um, the musical that you sent me. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. <clears throat> he's a boy, and it's Greek mythology, and he's a, a thunder friend. He's got a friend and he likes it too. And they've got toilet paper in the audience. Uh, uh, 
Okay, it's 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 um it's lightning thief the musical. Yes. And it's to Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. Uh it's Lady Gaga, but yes. <laughs> wow, you're really good. Uh, I did I did not help him at all though. <laughs> Meaning no, like that was, that, <laughs> that was not good. I figured out the musical quickly because I saw it, but I couldn't figure out the song until you got to the, the chorus. You're like, how much you love it? And I'm so I was like, oh, I know this song. <laughs> Wait, refresh my memory. What are the four that are eligible? Jagged Little Pill, Moulin Lady Rouge. Thief, Moulin Rouge, and Tina. Got it. Okay. Okay. Kevin, are you ready? I'm ready. They win. <laughs> When? Great game. Let's <laughs> say when. When? This is a good one. Okay. Um, uh, oh, and she, she is a pop star, but her husband, he is really mean, so she cannot get far, but she'll try <laughs> her best to do it, even though... Tina, I will her. survive. Yes. <laughs> well done. I was like, I could just sing I Will Survive and you would know it's the plot of Tina. Yeah, exactly. It kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Janine, are you ready? I'm ready. Say when. When. All right. The when is delightful. And say when. <laughs> Anytime. Oh, when. <laughs> I kept. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to text me. I didn't know how to say when again. <laughs> what? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, I sent them both to you. I don't know if you can okay. see one. Okay. And she swings in on a trapeze, and then she gets sick, but she falls in love. And the guy, he's at the club, and there's really good dancing, and then she dies. But then he loves her, but she dies in his arms, and there's really good dancing, and Robin Herter's amazing, and... It's and, Rouge. Yeah, it's definitely Moulin Rouge. Uh... Uh... Oh, she comes in on a trapeze and, uh, uh, oh, she loves to dance really well. <laughs> and she's wearing a corset. And she's wearing a corset. Oh, and she ladies. dances a lot. Oh, and I'm... she has, yeah, what? Single ladies. Yes. <laughs> um, and like the plot's kind of thin. The theater's like dying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the Moulin Rouge right away. You nailed that. We did. Plot. Well, trapeze, yeah. yeah. And then, and then all the single ladies, all the single ladies. But then, it, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, where does it go from there? I don't know. I have to go. Da, ba, 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 ba. Hit me. You're not that kind of girl. No, it's what she says. Jump in the club. Just pull up. Yeah, but the B da, section da, da. is like... I should oh. know that. The dead of the of my destiny. That's the B section. Never mind. Oh, is it? <laughs> I was like, so the B section of single ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I listen. I, I listen to the B section of single ladies as I'm drinking variety pack two of. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so now Kimberly, it's your turn. Yes, that leaves me with something interesting. Okay. Um, if you want to talk about issues, this show is for you. We've got all the issues. So it's. You're gonna be my lover. It's wannabe. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Jag Little Pill. <laughs> issue after issue. <laughs> yeah. So and good. There are pills. <laughs> <laughs> and there um, are four Tony contenders. <laughs> yay. Yay for At the least game. they're happening. Yeah, that's I true. Know. I can't uh, imagine being in one of the shows this season. Oh my God. And like all this, I can't no. even. It's Were you just, in the show anywhere when it happened? No, it's just awful. Awful. Anyway, it's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about your first experiences. What was your first Broadway show do you rem- that you saw? That I saw? Yeah. So 
I'm a bit of a weirdo. And my first time in New York was when I was 21. Where are you from? I'm from Kansas City. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, every, so like, everything's up to date there. No reason to come here. Exactly. Everything is up to date. Um, the, yeah, so, I mean, I saw um, tours come through Kansas City. I saw Mamma Mia, and I saw Phantom of the Opera. Cool. Those are the two things that I saw when they come through, came through. Um, but the first Broadway show I saw was Light in the Piazza. Mm. That was my first Broadway show. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I grew up doing theater, but I wasn't, it wasn't like New Yorker bust for me. It was just, mm-hmm. I loved doing theater. And, um, and then it wasn't until I went to Michigan where New York became the place I knew I was going to live one day because that's where the industry was. Sure. It, was, it wasn't like, I want to live in New York and I want to be on Broadway when I was growing up. It was just, I loved Anyway, so I, I moved to New York um, right after graduation, but I'd only been there once for Straw Hats and then once to get my headshots done, wow. uh, in which I saw the light in the piazza. So, <laughs> so that was it. And then I moved and, uh, and thought Uptown was a place, not a direction. So, <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, do, do you remember as a, as a kid with the first musical or movie musical that just like, I want to do that? I remember being, uh, yeah, I was obsessed with the sound of music. Sure. Like, beyond obsessed with Julie Andrews and I have I loved I have confidence I just loved it and I actually got to play that role uh when I was 19 in my hometown after my freshman year of college which was really cool at a a theater there um but that that show really made me um like love musicals I think like just watching that and I loved My Fair Lady um, watching that was like another one that was a favorite. Um, and then funny girl, when I was like more in middle school and high school, um, I have a family friend who just is Barbara Streisand obsessed. And so she, I mean, who isn't, but she would, she would, um, she's the one who turned me on to Barbara Streisand, um, who I just obviously am obsessed with. And, um, but what made me want to do go audition for musical theater was I saw, cause I grew up as a soprano. I was doing Lerner and Lowe, Rodgers and Hammerstein, you know, all of the classics. And I, I didn't really sing contemporary music at all really until like my senior year of high school, like end of junior year, I started to experiment with my belt a little bit. And, um, I saw a production of songs for a new world and it was the first, it was at the university of Missouri, Kansas city in Kansas city, downtown. I'll never forget it. My high school boyfriend took me to go see it. And it was like August, my senior year, going into my senior year. And I remember watching it and just being like, Oh my God, like so moved by it. And I was like, I have to at least try. Like I was just like, because that's at that point I wasn't auditioning for musical theater for colleges. I was just going oh, to, at that point I was just going for um, communications. I wanted to be a journalist. That was what I was going to do, and so I had gotten into schools academically, and I was just like, okay, that's you know, that's it, that's it. You know, I'll do theater for fun. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I ended up getting in. Uh, I ended up that that from that moment I decided, you know, what the hell, I'm going to try. And so I applied for a few schools and ended up going to University of Michigan. And that was kind of how my, my path started in this career. But it was really that show, Songs for a New World, that was like really inspirational to me, like how spirited that music was. I just never heard anything like that before. Like Jason Robert Brown's music is so unique in that way, especially at that time when it's like no one really was writing like that at that time. Sure. And he really started that movement of like really spirited, like that pulse kind of music, you know? So that was what really made me um, want to do it professionally, at least have the will to do it professionally. Before that, I didn't have the will to do it. Um, Let's, let's flash forward. Um, Can you talk about, we don't, we don't really talk about it on here. So I I wanted to kind of get your, your perspective. Um, Can you talk about the standby experience on Broadway? Um, in terms of, um, you know, your responsibilities, what it's like if you're going on last minute, if you had known in advance, um, the, sure. prepar- the preparation for that, 
because I know you've done that um, a few times. Um, the one that I have written here is the Reno uh, standby experience, but like, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about your kind of experience within that responsibility within a production. Sure. I actually wasn't a standby. I was an understudy. Oh, you so were I was actually, okay. yeah, I was in the ensemble. Um, I mean, it's, it, I feel like it's similar though, because there wasn't a standby. And so I went on, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. so you really just don't have a whole ton of rehearse. I mean, you have rehearsal, they, they rehearse you. And so you're ready, but like, there's just a lot of homework that you have to do on your own. I think what's the, the most, um, for me personally, what's frustrating about it is that um, you never get to do it in consecutively enough where you feel like the role is yours, you know? So that's, so each, each time you do it, it's kind of like, a, okay, like, here we go. You know? So you kind of have to just jump into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the more, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you are. And as I've, as I've moved on in my career, you know, I think I've had to like throw the perfectionist kind of side of myself <laughs> away uh, when you are covering and, you know, you're, you know, you're going to be on, you know, a certain amount of times, like living in that fear of like when you're going to be on and if you're going to be perfect just doesn't serve you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you do your homework, you trust yourself and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, if you know in advance when you're going on, it's very helpful because you, you like can mentally prepare yourself. But I mean, there were times like in Drood, I would be on for Drood in the after in the matinee. And then I'd find out I'm on for Rosabud in the evening show. And, you know, those are complete opposite characters. One's being a man, playing a woman, you know, playing a man. Like, it's crazy. So I think it's um, going easy on yourself and being, like, having, like, a sense of, like, a like, kind of fun with it, you know, and, like, laughing at yourself. You know, I've, I've definitely, like, grown up a lot from having to have that kind of responsibility. <laughs> sure. You know, it's, like, a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. And you trust yourself. You just trust, like, you, you did the work. You know what you're doing. Um and you have a put in and you go. What is the shortest notice you've gotten? Um, oh gosh. I mean, when I was doing if then, there were a couple times I would find out like right before half hour. And that's not anybody. I think she just wasn't feeling well. You know, it was like a, she thought she could and then she wasn't feeling well. And so I would go on. It happened like maybe once or twice. Yeah, I haven't had any. I haven't had any crazy experiences where it's like, and you're going on at five. I haven't had that. Like, I, I've had. I, it, I've had ex- my experiences are always like, or it was like I knew she wasn't feeling well. Like, like I would be like on, kind of on a, on alert, you yeah. know, that like, oh, she's not feeling well. She, you know, I, I, I could hear, you know, I could hear that they were not feeling well. They had a cold or something. So like, I would just make sure that like that week I'm like extra prepared and making mm-hmm. sure I'm getting like a ton of sleep and all of that, you know, you just kind of like use your instincts, but I haven't had any crazy experiences of going on. <laughs> like, thankfully. Sure. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, thank goodness. Do you know where else we use our instincts? Oh no. Tuesdays hey, in the corner the with Kevin. <laughs> Man, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Without. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so welcome to Kevin's Corner, where I have uh, fun and zany questions to ask you. So today's list came from me Googling uh, for questions and finding a website link that was 40 hilarious questions. Hilarious questions. (laughs) An adult. There was a child's version and an adult version. I looked and it's not that kind of an adult version. It's just, these are hilarious questions. So... Let's see how we answer some of these. Uh, feel free to be as honest as possible. Um, <laughs> oh, you're be weird. What is your weirdest roommate or house guest story? Um, oh my gosh. Okay, so my what okay, so my my when I was at Michigan, I my freshman year I shared a bathroom. Like I had like I lived in a single. Mm-hmm. and shared a bathroom with a girl who was in not a not a theater person like in the regular um like liberal arts college whichever i'm for i forget which school she was in but she had this boyfriend who 
I, 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 I kid you not. His pee was so loud. Like <laughs> I, it sounded like a waterfall or something. Like, I, and like, I'll never forget it. Cause like I grew up with, I have sisters. Okay. So like, I'm not used to the sound of boy pee and like boy, like boy pee is like loud. <laughs> and I remember that would like wake me up in the morning and I'd be like, can you like put a sight, like silence that or something like muffle? Like, so that was my weirdest experience because I just remember, I literally remember it just being like, that is so loud. How, how is it that loud? See, he didn't know the secret. The secret is to not hit the water, but aim for the porcelain. Cause that dulls the sound. It's, it's the stream <laughs> hitting the water. It's oh. not so he did. He was not respectful. You, there are ways yeah. to dull that yeah. sound for sure. Oh my God. I like, couldn't believe it. I, I like, that's crazy. You know, he'd get up in the middle of the night to pee Rude. and I'd be like, well, I guess I'm up. Hi, <laughs> 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 time to get up. Okay. Thanks. That's incredible. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> um, next really difficult question, but it's hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> If you could talk to one species of animal, which would you choose? Dogs. I want to talk to my dog so bad. <laughs> I do. I want to have a conversation with him. I want to like ask him about his day. Like, was the puppuccino this morning amazing? Like, <laughs> like he had a puppuccino. It's National Dog Day, so <laughs> yes. he had a puppuccino. Um, like, I want to have a conversation with him. I want to talk to dogs. That's it. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, would you rather move to a new country where you don't know anyone or run away with a circus? <laughs> what? <laughs> Those are so different. <laughs> like, like, you can't even compare them. Are they um, so think, different? Think, it's hilarious. <laughs> I think move to a country where I didn't know anyone. I just figure it out. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be with a circus. I love that it's like, have an adventure and see a new place in the world or like, Run away with a carnival, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what? <laughs> I'm like, no, Ringley Brothers, no. Okay, um, this is a fun question because I get asked this a lot. Um, what makes you feel old? And I'll preface by saying, like, for me, I met a cute guy at a bar, and we were chatting, and I said the word "woof," which I say a lot as a joke from like. Home Alone. There's a there's a scene where he yeah. like his brother's girlfriend goes Buzz, your girlfriend woof woof, and he goes he goes I don't get it. Why did you say woof? And I was like from Home Alone. And he goes What's Home Alone? And I was like, <laughs> ah. no, yeah, you literally went. Ah. I mean references for sure. Like when people like if I say Full House, they all they know is like the one that was just out. Oh mm. no, like not the original. Like, not, like, Uncle Jesse, like, you know, yeah. like, when he was, you know, Uncle Jesse. So, references for sure are, like, songs that someone doesn't know. But honestly, it's when I get gray hairs. Like, what? Sure. And, you know, it's funny because I, I highlight my hair. And so, like, you can't really see them. But I went dark for a while last year. Like, I went back to my natural color. And when it's your natural color, you really see the contrast. And I was like, oh, hell no. So I'm going back. So that's why I put the highlights back in. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> I was like, nope, too soon, too soon. My mom is going to be so mad that I'm telling this story, but it's funny. So um, she, yeah, I think you mean it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So, like, she didn't get her hair done all during quarantine. And, like... She has very dark hair, but she has like one white streak that's starting like this way. And so she's like, was like complaining about it. I was like, Mom, it's awesome. You look like Rogue. <laughs> and like, oh, quarantine hair is the worst. I, I, I was wearing headbands, like it was my job because it hides your roots. So I was like wearing headbands or hats. Like that's all I did. It was bad. And then I got my hair done. And I was like, I'm alive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. And I have one more question. Um, what's your favorite time of day? Um, my, how was that hilarious? I know. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Maybe, my favorite time of day. My favorite time old. of day, I think is, um, mid afternoon, like, uh, like a two o'clock. 
Like, I like that. I feel like, cause that's, I like it because it's just ingrained in me that like two o'clock is when I start like prepping for the nighttime for like a show. So like, that's when I like to work out. Like I like mm. to eat around four, five, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's, that's when I like have the most energy. I feel I'm definitely not a super morning person. I wish I was, but I'm, it's, it's not my forte. Too many years working at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And this has been Kevin's Corner. Good job! It was hilarious. Hilarious. Um, hilarious. Let's talk, I'd love to talk a little bit about um, two things. So I'm going pre- to preface this. Very different. Um, would love to talk about your one-woman shows, uh, Blonde Ammunition and Modern Broad, and kind of how you develop those, what they mean to you. Um, sure. And uh, let's just start with that. I'll, I'll, the, second, the second thing we'll talk about will be a surprise when we talk about it. Right. Um, <laughs> So my first one woman show is Blonde Ammunition. That was cool because it was um, basically all uh, blonde women. (laughs) All the songs that I chose were all blonde women Mm -hmm. and I wanted to explore, uh, and I'm a natural brunette and growing up, I always wanted to be blonde because I grew up in the middle of Kansas. Like everybody's blonde. Sure. Every popular girl is blonde. And I wanted to be blonde so bad. Like I was convinced that the, like a boy in kindergarten didn't like me because I had brown hair and Amy had blonde. <laughs> so that was, I was convinced. So the minute I could highlight my hair, I started to. So I started like exploring like the psychology and like how funny and s- silly and stupid it is, but also empowering to color your hair. Like we have the right to do it. So that was that. And so that was special to me because it was just kind of like a personal journey of, like kind of coming into your power in a way of like having like the tools at your disposal to be who you want to be. And then the second show, uh, Modern Broad, that was basically kind of celebrating the roles and the cool women and powerful women I've played and kind of like spinning the arrangements in a way that like kind of unexpected arrangements. I had a great music arranger, music director, Dylan Glathorn, and he would, we would like, change the like like we made um uh writing on the wall into like a jazz scat you know yeah. like <laughs> totally weird so we would take all these um like iconic songs that i got to sing kind of change them up to become something different um and i and i do feel like uh, the roles that i and i think what was special about that show for me was that so many of like I feel like anybody in theater, like the roles aren't, it's not just a job. It like really does inform who you are a lot. Like these experiences that we have doing a show. Um, Like I can recount like pivotal points in my life by like the roles I was playing and the shows I was doing. Well, I mean, you literally, when you mentioned Great Gardens earlier, you immediately took the body of that character again and like went to the hair, like just like that recall and how it just affects everything is like so fascinating. It's so like, formative for like who you are and like you know when I played Rizzo like her like the confidence that character has and like how badass she is you know like I like I grew from that like you grow from embodying these characters at least I do and so I really like appreciate what they taught me and so that's what um modern broad was about it was also you know a celebration and like like let's have a drink and you know, scat writing on the wall. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also want to ask you about empowered voices. Yeah. Um, t- can you talk a little bit about like where that came from, what it means to you, the work you do? Because um, I, uh, you know, obviously like, yes, you're super talented and your work is incredible. Kimberly can attest to, um, but like, you know, tell us about kind of the, uh, that aspect of your life and building that. Yeah, for sure. So I, like I said, if then changed my life in so many ways. Um, it's, and I found myself just super open to change and possibilities and everything. I just found myself just being like very like, yeah, sure. Why not? Who knows? Who knows what'll come from this? And, um, so we were in Seattle and there was a woman at the stage door who, um, had come with a bunch of people from Joint Base Lewis McCord, which is um, an army installation in Tacoma, Washington, about 40 minutes outside. And, um, I, and they had gotten comp tickets to come see the show. 
and they were at the stage door and some of them had gone backstage and whatever. But this woman, Stephanie, she was like, Hey, um, you know, I, I went to your website and I saw that, you know, you teach too. And I would love to just have coffee with you and talk about, you know, your teaching and whatever. Cause I'm a, I'm a, she's a prevention education specialist for the military meaning she does prevention education, like she does sexual assault, suicide prevention, all of that. Uh, So we went to coffee and she's like, look, I've been trying to get theater into the military, into my installation, uh, using theater and theater, theatrical exercises and all that stuff as the curriculum activities to teach sexual assault prevention. But I can't get it through because it's theater and everybody thinks it's hokey and whatever. But I think if I had a Broadway actress come in and deliver the program, I think they might bite. And I was like, oh, interesting, really interesting. So together we developed this curriculum where I wrote a custom script based on what was going on on that base, like based on like ethnodrama, which is the theory. I've done a lot of research on it now, but that's what Chorus Line is based on. So it's like dramatizing real life situations. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we would, so I took, um, you know, things that were happening on that installation specifically, which was a lot of social media that was happening. Like, so, you know, all that, all this stuff was specific and each base is different. So I, I, I alter the script depending on you know, who I'm interviewing and whatever. So I worked with a small group first. And what's great is that we're able to work with a small group first and do all these acting exercises. And these are like, you know, servicemen and women, okay, who like have never really taken an acting class. Maybe they did it in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking them to like, you know, do improvs, you know, and all these acting exercises and read a script and, you know, what is your motivation and your, and your, your objective and your tactic, which ironically are military terms. So like they connected with that. Um, and then the next day we presented it to an audience of 1200 servicemen and women. Okay. So, and these, these trainings are required by the DOD, but normally they're like PowerPoints. So what we Mm -hmm. did is kind of reinvent that and make it more interactive and memorable. So it's like an experience and, you know, like the more you practice anything, like the better you get at it. And like, all you do as an actor is repetition and practice and you get better and, you know, you practice is progress. And so, um, Anyway, it went over really well and we actually measured the results. Um, so we did like a pre and post survey and 96% of people felt more empowered to prevent sexual assault after it, which was like awesome. And, um, so I started getting, so we started a company called Empowered Voices and what we do is interactive workshops, um, with the teaching prevention education, but using theater as, as the way we teach it. And uh, so I started getting hired by the DOD going around Department of Defense doing these trainings because they, they wanted something more interactive and impactful um, than a PowerPoint. So that's how that happened. Mm. And we've recently been approached to, do, to develop um, a digital um, online learning curriculum using that, which is interesting because so much of theater is interactive. Um, mm. But the more you practice saying anything out loud, regardless of if it's by yourself or with someone else or with, you know, whatever, like the more you practice anything, you just get better at it. So, um, so yeah, so that's where we're at right now with it. You know, I run the USO show troupe. So my time with like where I'm able to allocate my time for the past 18 months has really been the USO show troupe. So I kind of put Empowered Voices on hold for a minute because I can only really do one business in addition to my acting career at a time. (laughs) So, um, so I, uh, yeah, so Empowered Voices is something I'm super, super proud of because it was just something I never saw myself doing ever, but it, it, it is something that I was able to really grow into and, and I'm super passionate about it because I'm able, like what I love is that non-theater people see the benefit of theater besides being on stage and performing and being an actor and everything. Like it's such great, like human practice. And that's what cool. I, I love about it. Like I'm able to advocate for theater, like just by doing that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, if you want more information on Empowered Voices, you can go to empowered-voices.com. Um, yeah. That's, that's so awesome. Thanks for sharing that and doing sure. that. Sure. Thanks for um, asking about it. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's, should we play one more game? Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. Back to my private chat function. (laughs) I thought we could just play a round of 20 questions, but I have my show cards in front of me. Okay. 
So I will draw a card for everyone. Okay. I'll send you your assigned card in the chat. It could be an actor, it could be a show. Um, and then the goal is for us all to guess who everyone is. And obviously, I won't ask any questions, but I will have a person too. So you can ask me questions. Okay. okay. You get five points if you guess someone's person right, but you get 10 points if you are the last person to be guessed. Ooh, okay. Cool. Just because we haven't used points in a while. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. I'll figure I, it out as we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kevin, just because I have you pulled up as the last person I did. Tell me when. Go. When. <laughs> Interesting. I haven't been able to cheat with how many points I have in a while, so this is good. <laughs> That's why I stopped using points. Yeah, because I always triple what I have. Oh, okay. Okay, Janine, tell me when. When? All of my cards fell on the floor. Brian, your turn. Sure. <laughs> Just say Sorry. when. Yeah. When? They're all falling down. Great. Great. Good for us. Okay. I'm trying to figure out who should go first asking questions. The person with the most recent birthday. Like our person or us? No, you. You. Oh. <laughs> you know your person's birthday? No, I can Google it. I don't know. I'm, just... um, I'm March. So am I. May. I'm September. I'm May. All right, oh, Brian okay. wins. Oh, I was just, oh September because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, That's great. Okay. okay, I'll go. Um, uh, I'll ask Kevin. Kevin, does your person... Uh, is were these yes or no questions? Oh, yeah. Only yes or no. Oh. Uh, Kevin, do you have a person? Yes. Do I ask the next question? Yeah. Janine. Yes. Is your person still alive? Yes. Kevin. Mm-hmm. Is yours a show? No. Kimberly. Yeah. Does your person identify as female? Yes. I give my question to Brian. Oh, right. Um... Kevin, um, does your person identify as female? No. I like that Kimberly can be queef questions. That's fun. <laughs> um, Janine, does your person have a Tony Award? Let me Google that. <laughs> See, this is all strategy because, like, having to Google it means they could, but, like, they don't wear <laughs> it in the definite category. Like, I got my brain is going working hard now. <laughs> no. No. Not an award. Okay, but it sounds like they should. Uh, Kevin. Yes. Has yours been in a show in the past two years? Broadway show. No, not, I don't believe so, no. Kimberly. Yes. Is yours known as a Beltris? Yes. Okay. I bequeath my question to Janine. Mm-hmm. Kimberly. Yes. Or do we have to ask the same person each time? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, is your person known for more classic shows or modern shows? Classic? I have an idea. Um, I give my question to Brian. Um, Kevin. Yes. Has your person ever won a Tony? No. Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Has your Mademoiselle won a Tony recently? Recently, I would mean in oh. the past, like, five seasons. I have a guess of who it is. So I'd say 2015 on. Then no. Oh, then it's not mm. who I thought. Right. Okay. Um, Kevin, is your person an actor? Yes. Janine. Mm-hmm. Is your person known for like a very specific role? Yes. I think so. I would agree. I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kimberly's our fact checker, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. So your question. Brian, is your person, a, like, are they known more for singing um, than straight, like more musicals? Yes. Kevin. Yes. Uh, we have, well, I'm actually going to switch. Janine. Yes. Does, does, does your person identify, do we ask this, does your person identify as female? No. Okay. Meaning, no, no they do not. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Kevin. Yes. Um, 
is your person known for more classic or contemporary? Uh, contemporary for sure. Mm-hmm. And does not identify as female, right? Correct. Kimberly. Yes. Is your Beltris, who has won a Tony, but not in the past five years, um, well known for defining a specific role? Yes. Interesting. Can you give me the question so I can ask a follow-up? Seven. <laughs> um, Kimberly. Yes. Is the role that she's well known for the role that she won a Tony for? Yes. Kevin, would you like a follow-up? Yes. <laughs> okay. No, actually, no, no, no. You can use somebody else. I need to. I need to think for a minute. Okay, uh, Brian. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm. Uh, oh. Do it. Do it. Do it. No, no. Janine. Yes. Um, is you? Would you consider your person a? younger up-and-coming uh, a, a younger actor on Broadway? No. The seasoned pro. Got it. He's seasoned. Yeah. Okay. Kimberly. Yes. Let's get her. <laughs> Is yours also on a television show? Like, currently? Yes. She has been on TV. Like a series regular? Not recently. Okay. Interesting. Not who I thought it was. The hard thing here is I don't remember what cards Kimberly has. We're so used to a certain deck. All of them. I have all of them now. Oh, you do? That's even harder. Yeah. yeah. All right. Who gets your question? Um, Brian, you can have it. Oh, Kimberly, is your person Adina Menzel? No. Does that mean Brian's out? No. no. <laughs> is that one of his 20 questions? Oh, like yeah. He's wrong? That counts as one of it my questions. It's right, a yes or no. I'll take a minus five. Okay. I already have 12. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, God. Kevin gets the question. Kimberly. Yeah. Was the show that your person wanted Tony for a revival? No. Well, one was. Oh, my God. I know it. I know who you have. Of course you have it. I know exactly who you have. All right, Brian, you get the question. Kimberly, do you have Glenn Close? No. Oh, wait, no, she... Oh, <laughs> uh, she's been a, Yeah, I'm not... Janine, you can have a question. Kimberly, do you have Patty Lapone? No. That's a really good guess. Yeah. Close. Recently. Oh, do you have Christine Ebersol? Yes, I do. <gasps> oh! I couldn't decide. If what? If she was known for a belt. She is a solid. That's hard. I know she's tricky because she can sing anything. Yeah, I feel like Patty Lapone would have been like yes, like immediately. <laughs> sure. And you, you don't have to think about it with her. I should have asked. Was she the mom in Richie Rich? Oh, I should have asked if she was in. If your person was in Royal Pains. Oh, well, that's what I was like thinking about series regular. I was like, she was in thirteen episodes of Royal Pains. <laughs> All right, so who do we destroy now? Well, originally I was thinking Sutton Foster, so that's mm. why I asked that. Great. Well, five points for you. Wait, who guessed it? I did. You still have minus five. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Janine gets the next question. You got to spend money to make money. <laughs> All right. Um, Kevin. Yes. So yours is known as a singer, like known for their voice, too. I wrote these things down. Kevin is a male person who is more in tune with contemporary musicals. They have not been in something recently. They do not have a Tony, and they are an actor. Correct. Okay. Can I start coming in with leading questions? Because I know who you all have. <laughs> yeah. If this, if this keeps going too long, you, you should definitely has, lean in. All right. So has, um, has your person been a series regular? I don't think I so. I don't believe so, no. Kevin. Yes. Has your person been on Broadway in the last five years? Yes. Yes. Now you may ask a question. Janine. Mm-hmm. Janine's is an alive male person known for a specific role. They are older and seasoned, but do not have a Tony. Has he been on Broadway in the past five years? Yes. Kevin. Yes. Is yours... Oh, wait, has not been on Broadway in the past five years? 
Has yeah. been. Yes. Has been. Is it Corey Cott? No, but that's a great guess. That's a great guess. Yeah. Minus five. <laughs> Kimberly, do you have a leading question you want to ask anybody? Yeah, go for it. You mean? Was your yes. person in a show at the time of the shutdown? Yes. <gasps> oh, I got it. Janine, is your person in one of the four shows that was able to be nominated for a Tony? No. Oh, that was a good follow-up question, Kevin. That's a good question, though. They, they don't have a Tony, but you have to look. I was like, Danny first. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. That's a good guess. Would you say your person knows Alice Ripley? Oh, yeah, I'd say he knows Alice Ripley pretty well. I would also say he knows Philippa Sue pretty well. Oh, I know who it is. Go ahead. Kevin, is your Stephen Pasquale? Oh, no, but good guess. Wonderful guess. Now I'm trying to think of how to get Brian's. On Broadway. So your person is on Broadway. Kevin's person is a male on Broadway that knows Philippa Sue well. Not uh, currently on Broadway. Not currently on Broadway. Nectar, no Tony, not a series of contemporary musicals. Hmm. Is it... Is it what's his name from Amelie? Uh, have to know his name. Uh, um, it's he has three names. Uh, it's like Chandler Barrett or something. Yes. Adam Chandler Barrett. It is. Barat. Yeah. Barat. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh my God! I have zero now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kevin, you can still ask questions even though you're out. Okay, so I'll ask a question to, um, is Janine, is your person really well known as like a dancer? I would say no. I would agree with no. I would think he's more known as like a singer-actor, even though he's been in dance shows. Ooh. Like heavy, heavy dance shows. Yeah. In a show. Brian. Was he, was he, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. I just got excited. Right. <laughs> um, wait, Brian, can you read me yours again? I didn't write mine down. Oh shoot! Can you? Can you? Can you? What did you answer? An alive actress. I think that's all I answered. Did you say known for a belt? No, that wasn't me. Known for musicals. Known for musicals. An alive actress known for musicals. And then I'll just throw in and a belt. And a belt. Has she been in something in the past two seasons? I don't think so. No. Um, Janine, was your person in a new show or in a long-running show when the shutdown happened? New-ish. Is Janine's person a friend of the show? No. New-ish. Janine. Mm-hmm. Is your person's role that he's known for associated with a certain city? Yes. This is crazy. Have had friends from the show also in this musical. I, I guess I'm just blanking on like what was on Broadway when it shut yeah. down. In the meantime, Brian, is your person's role she's known for known for a fictional city? Uh, n- oh, no? oh yeah. wait, I, oh wait, no, fictional city. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay, that one. <laughs> okay, I was okay. Yes. Maybe also fictional in the world of the play. Yes, my, my, my person is, their role that they're known for, one of their major roles is um, a city that is fake. There is no... Wait, is Wait, Brian... Judy Garland? No. She's not, so she's alive. My person's alive. No. Do you have something? Is your person, did we say contemporary or classic? Uh, for you, Brian? Both. Uh, the the show she's famous for is contemporary, but she's done a ton of classics. Her last name I have is no a, idea. Her last name is a gemstone. Nancy Opal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because of you're in town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking that she was in Memphis, and I'm like, that's a real show. That's well, that real is city. another city, Brian. That's what I'm saying. You said what she's known for is it a real city, and I said yes, because Memphis is real. And Argentina is real. However, I asked that question of Janine. Mine is based on a real city. Who's you just named? <laughs> Would you have who was in that? Was uh, but you have Janine, you have a, a no Tony male Chad Kimball? Yes. 
Yeah. All right, comfortable. This is a hard game. This was really hard. Especially, like, I wasn't writing it down. I was like, wait, who said what? What? Who's... Uh, That's tough. That was fun. I liked that. That was fun. That like got you thinking. Yeah. Our minds are a fire now. (laughs) I should have taken notes, but my writing hand was lifting my glass. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I had to because I didn't I couldn't remember if he won the Tony for Memphis. I couldn't that's why I had to Google. I was like, did he win it for that? He did not. But he was just he was in come from away when it closed. Totally. Oh right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's I was I uh, my brain immediately went to the new stuff, which is the well, best. yeah. And then I was just like, "Is it new?" I was like, "New-ish." It came out yeah. like a few years ago. Right, right, right. It's not like the Chicago yeah. long running or whatnot. Right, totally. right. Yeah, um, that was fun. Well, that's that a good bring, game. It was really fun. Um, that brings us to our uh, to the end of our episode. Okay. Um, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time. Um, we really appreciate it. Talk to you. Maybe we'll meet you in person one day. That would be. I delightful. would love that. We'll have a drink. We'll have white claws. For, we'll we'll bring you a variety pack too. Of oh. White claws. <laughs> um, part two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, a variety pack two for part two of a conversation. Amazing. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciated it. Um, this was super fun, and um, we hope you had a good time too. I did. I had a great time, and I love what you guys do. I think it's awesome. awesome. Thank um, you. Well, you can follow her. Uh, you can follow her at Janine Davida on Instagram at DVTage on Twitter. Um, yeah. and, um, you can follow us at broad wasted on all social media platforms. Um, join our Facebook group. We do some theater nerdy stuff there. Kevin runs that. That's super fun. Nice, really beautiful community that, um, has been created there. Um, you can also find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash broad wasted. Um, so much extra content, um, videos, all that fun stuff. Um, and then, uh, you can also of course find us everywhere like Spotify and iTunes rate and review us there Five stars, please. Thank you. Um, and so you can find us there. We end every episode with a quote and this quote is, you choose and then everything changes. Take a breath and fly off the cliff. And you know there's not turning back, no turning back, no turning back. And you wonder what if, what if from if then. Um, love, love it, love it. Um, again, thank you so much um, for joining us. Uh, we end every episode, we raise our classes and we say, cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.